I want to introduce you to a family law firm I could not recommend any higher. We know that unfortunately divorces happen, people grow apart. It's a reality. It is a difficult time and a difficult process to navigate. You need understanding and compassion coupled with outstanding legal advice and counsel. You will find it at one of the top family law firms in the region in Cox, Baker, and Page. They have been celebrated and honored for their work and their compassion for a number of years by U.S. News and World Report. And Laura Page and Mary Cox are consistently listed by them with a best lawyer distinction. If you or someone you know needs assistance, reach them at coxbakerpage.com. Mention you heard it from me and receive a discount on your initial consultation. Once again, it's Cox, C-O-X, Baker, and Page.com. Spring is here. It's time to clean up your to-do list with built-in America steel chainsaws, blowers, trimmers, and more. It's steel, S-T-I-H-L. So from routine maintenance to total makeovers, your steel dealer has the powerful tools and trusted advice you need to make your yard a masterpiece. Visit your local steel dealer to see our full lineup of legendary built-in America equipment. They're outstanding. I told you I have a garage full of their product. It's Steel, S-T-I-H-L. And you know what? I was always bragging they have over 9,000 dealers around the country. It's now over 10,000 steel dealers around the country. Real Steel, S-T-I-H-L. Find yours at steeldealers.com. That's steeldealers.com. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast. Rockies infielder Ryan McMahon talks about his hot start with the bat and the team's slow start and the expectations for the Rockies. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's been tough. Um, You know, we're obviously not where we want to be right now. You know, this isn't like last year, obviously, where it's only 60 games. We have 162, and sure, you'd love to start better, but, you know, there's a lot of of baseball left to be played. Plus, later in the show, Drew has your chance to win club-level Rockies tickets courtesy of Boyer's Coffee. Check out Drew Goodman's guest appearances on the DNVR Rockies podcast with Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. But right now, this is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Drew Goodman Podcast number 93. As always, thrilled that uh, you're along. I am thawing out as we speak. It's late afternoon on Wednesday. Hey, the Rockies have just won two consecutive games against uh, a club that has high expectations, a club the last uh, three years that we played a full season in Major League Baseball, won more than 100 games. Talking, of course, about the Houston Astros. But the Rockies, I think, put together their best back-to-back performance. Why? Because they live in the Rockies, they're used to cold weather, and they love playing in snowflakes. Man, it was cold Tuesday night, and it was equally cold Wednesday afternoon when they uh, won a ball game against Houston 6-3 to amid snow flurries. I have to be honest with you, the toughest part of the broadcast this year have occurred when the heater beneath our uh, broadcast desk stopped oscillating. I think I'm going to have to either get it repaired. Doubtful I'll do that. I think I'll just go and buy a new one. But man, this is this has been uh, trying times up in the booth. And I've I've been up there for Rockies games when it is really cold. Remember opening day several years back where everyone was shoveling snow off the field, including uh, the owner, Dick Monfort. Uh, and I think that that temperature that day was in the, the low 20s. Well, it was below 30 degrees. It was in the upper 20s both days today. Um, I've been asked 
coldest temperature I've ever uh, worked in. And you may wonder, first of all, also, um, well, why don't you just close the windows? You can't do that. I mean, you could do that, but I will never do that. First of all, your voice will reverberate back off the windows in front of you. And I just feel like you're cheating. You need to be in the elements. The broadcast window needs to be opened up to the crowd, to the field, in whatever sport you're doing. So I will never do that. You just got to bundle up and, and grin and bear it. So I think the coldest, though, I've ever been. I've done games in Boulder, football games that have been cold. Laramie, where the wind's blowing. I, I remember a couple of games in Lincoln, Nebraska in November when it uh, was particularly cold. I remember years ago in Boise, you know, how cold it can get up there. But I think the one that takes the cake was an NFL game back in the 90s in New England the day after Christmas. I mean, I could barely feel my lips. But you got to have the window open. We'll never back off that. So there were, they were, there were flurries coming in the window today as the Rockies defeated the Astros 6-3. to three. Real quick on those two games, 6-2 to two Tuesday night over Houston and 6-3 to three, uh, this afternoon as we tape this on this Wednesday. Two of the more complete games for the Rockies. And it always starts with starting pitching. And the Rockies starting pitching, and we knew it was going to be a strength, save I think one performance, that was Austin Gomber on opening day, has been terrific. And Gomber was just too amped up on opening day against the Dodgers, and he wound up walking seven. Uh, I shouldn't say opening day, his opening day, if you will. Uh, but he's been marvelous since then. You know, Senzatella against the Dodgers has not been good. His two other outings have been terrific. Even Chichi Gonzalez thrown out a couple of uh, real solid starts. Herman has not been super sharp yet, but he has a sub three and a half ERA. And, and the best of the bunch has been John Gray. Four starts, he's got a 242 earned run average. Starting pitching has been really good, and we're starting to see some timely hitting at least the last couple of days for the Rockies. CJ Crone on uh, Tuesday night. And uh, the Rockies up and down the lineup got good production on Wednesday, including Jonathan Daza's first career home run. Uh, so that was really good to see. And hopefully the Rockies can keep it going uh, moving forward against Philadelphia before heading out uh, on the road. Random thoughts that I have noticed in the last week. And before uh, I, we get to the random thoughts, you heard that uh, Ryan McMahon's going to be on the show. Ryan's off to a really good start. So uh, looking forward to that conversation uh, with uh, McMahon. All right, here's random thoughts. Nikola Jokic is the MVP of the NBA. I mean, come on, man. I know there's still several weeks left in the regular season, but this is the MVP. When you look at conventional numbers, scoring at around 27 a game, pulling down about 11 rebounds a night among the assist leaders in the NBA as a near seven-footer. So the conventional numbers tell you on a really good team, which the Nuggets are, he's the MVP. Then if you want to look at advanced metrics, he also is the MVP. In fact, if you look at ESPN's own numbers, they have they have their own advanced metric, and they call it uh, you know their ESPN number after calculating uh, a bunch of different analytics. He is head and shoulders above number two in the league. And I know there's people out there, national folks, that uh, want to say, well, it's Joel Embiid. 
Well, last time I checked, Joel Embiid's missed a third of the games for Philadelphia. They're a good team. And last time I checked, they also have two other top 50 players in their midst every time they take the floor in Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. If you're a Steph Curry guy, and I love Steph Curry. I'm a big Steph Curry fan. And I know he's gone off with 30-point performances. And he's kind of single-handedly keeping Golden State afloat. But that's what they are. They are decidedly mediocre right now. I think they'll have another great run when they get Klay Thompson back next year. But they're a 500 team as we tape it tonight. So don't just give me Steph Curry. And for the you know James Harden fans, great player. And he's doing better in Brooklyn than I, than I thought it would turn out. And he's showing that he does have all-around game and he can share the basketball. It's not just four guys watching him play. But Harden's been hurt. Harden has two teammates. Forget top 50. He has two teammates that are in the top 10 or 12 in the league, clearly in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You look at Jokic and his tag team partners, Jamal Murray. And we all know, unfortunately, Jamal Murray will not play until well into next year with the ACL tear. And that's it. I mean, I love their complimentary pieces. I love Michael Porter. I'm a Will Barton fan. They have a real nice team and a deep team, maybe as deep a team as there is in the NBA. But in terms of superstars, which that's all they do in the NBA is they can't, well, how many superstars do you have? You got to have three to win an NBA championship. The only superstar that's standing is Jokic. And as we tape this again, the Nuggets are unbeaten since Jamal Murray went down. And what do great players do? They raise their level of play when they're shorthanded. And clearly, Jokic has done that. I get it. We live in Denver. It's a quaint town. It's a town that everybody wants to say, hey, what a great place to visit. And you can get to the mountains quickly, and there's Vail, and there's Aspen, and there's Steamboat. What a beautiful place. Oh, when it comes to great teams, oh, every once in a while, they'll have a decent team. I mean, look at how long it took the NFL to acknowledge that, yes, there have been some great football players that were Hall of Fame worthy that actually played in our town. So when they just dismiss guys like Jokic out of hand, like, well, you can't have an MVP from Denver in the NBA, it's bullshit. Do your homework. Remove your bias. Nikola Jokic is the MVP of the NBA. All right, moving on to... Other random thoughts I have. Hockey. Love hockey. You know how big an Avalanche fan I am. Giving me great joy. Giving all of you great joy. Watching them play. I know COVID bug got them uh, recently. But they're awesome. And they may have an, an MVP, if you will. Hart Trophy winner in Nathan McKinnon. We'll see how that plays out. But they may win a Stanley Cup also, more importantly. Hey, with additions to uh, my conversation about the Avalanche, who I love to talk about, one of the reasons I love hockey is it is the combination of toughness, of team, and of respect. Did you see this note that San Jose's Patrick Marlowe's in his early 40s recently passed the great Gordie Howe for most games played in the history of the NHL? And Gordie Howe played into his 50s, for goodness sake. 
Well, after Minnesota played the San Jose Sharks, after the game, they lined up and they did the handshake like you see after a playoff series, which is one of the great traditions in all of sports. Well, they did the one-man hand, uh, handshake. All of Minnesota's players, one by one, went by and shook the hand of Patrick Marlowe to honor him. And the same thing happened when the Vegas Golden Knights played San Jose a couple of nights later. I thought it was awesome, man. I always get chills after playoff series when the when you know for for four, five, six, seven games, it's a backyard brawl, and then they shake hands at at center ice. I think it is absolutely one of the best traditions in all of sport, and to see it done for one player, I thought that was uh, tremendous as well. So, congrats to Patrick Marleau. There are always haters out there. We know that. Saw so where uh, Mike Tomlin. Coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers recently signed a three-year extension to take him through the 24 season. And uh, when I was while I was reading the piece, I went went and took a look at you know just some of the comments. There were, there were dozens of them. I read about five or six, and I was done. There were a couple positives in there, to be fair, but there were several that were completely negative. Like, why would the Steelers re-sign Mike Tomlin? Well, first of all, he's never had a losing season. He's taken that club to two Super Bowls. They've won one and they lost one. When you look at in the dictionary, if there was such a a way of looking at things, stable franchises in sports, you know who's going to be right at the top of that list? The Pittsburgh Steelers. They have great ownership. They've had three coaches for over a half a century. Think about that. For over half a century, you knew that it was either Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, or over the last 10 plus years, Mike Tomlin on their sideline. And you knew that your hands were full each and every time, each and every year that you played the Pittsburgh Steelers if you were another team in the NFL. He's a Hall of Fame coach, a future Hall of Fame coach in his prime. And yet there's still haters out there. Don't be delusional. Going back to baseball for a moment, a few days ago, the Mets uh, were in town. The Rockies played a three-game set with them. There was a doubleheader on uh, on Saturday. A couple thoughts on that. First of all, Jacob DeGrom threw the first game. And I said this on television. I'll say it again here on the podcast. If we have to play a baseball game against, uh, you know, an intergalactic baseball game, like, you know, some uh, group comes from uh, – another galaxy and wants to compete with uh, our best baseball players. The guy we sent to the mound unequivocally has got to be Jacob DeGrom. I mean, he's sitting on 100 miles an hour all game. It's a joke. He struck out nine consecutive Rockies. And, you know, by comparison, I'll give you a guy that's going to be a first ballot, no-brainer, Hall of Famer, one of the great pitchers ever, who we've seen pitch a multitude of times because he resides in the National League West. And that, of course, is Clayton Kershaw. And I have, could not have, could not have more respect for Clayton Kershaw as a pitcher, as a competitor. Everything I know about him is grade A. And still, there's something different about watching DeGrom pitch, who's also a future Hall of Famer, even though the Mets never score when he's on the mound, because he just blows guys away. And that sheer power, which we all like. You know, you, lo- you love the guy who's bigger, stronger, faster, right? Well, DeGrom sitting on 100 is mesmerizing to watch. 
The other thing I took away from uh, that Saturday afternoon double dip with the uh, Mets from the Rockies' perspective was, you know what? I like those seven-inning doubleheaders. I don't want to see one every weekend because games should be nine innings in length. But on occasion, you know, two or three a year, three or four a year, I think it's great. I think it's great for the fans. I think it's great from a strategic standpoint. It's a sprint. All of a sudden, there can be high drama in the fifth inning. So I like those seven-inning doubleheaders. They go faster. It's kind of like, you know, we do this on AT&T. We condense the previous night's game, you know, and replayed it to 30 minutes. That can be appealing, and so can seven-inning games. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the version of what we watched last year, 60 games. It was a sprint. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a baseball sprint, seven innings. You get, to, you get to the fifth or sixth inning, you go, wait, we only have like six more outs to get something done. Puts a little more pressure on uh, the dugout. So I like it. Seven inning double headers. I'm all in. All right. Time to move on to a guy who's gotten off to a great start. And it's not just a great start. He's made significant strides in his approach at the plate. And if you're looking for the next star with the Rockies, you may have one in infielder. Ryan McMahon. He's our Ideal Home Loans Interview of the Week. First and foremost, dude, congratulations. You got married. That, that must have been a, a long search high and wide to find somebody who'd marry your ass, huh? Yeah, it took a lot, but I found one. I found one and locked her down. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, man, it's, it's been great. Um, met a great girl. Uh, Natalie, she's, she's the best, and it's, it's been fun. I would think it's important. I've talked to a lot of guys about this, and I can say it about my own career. When you meet somebody, they have to understand the life of of not just an athlete, but the life of a baseball player because it's it's different, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, her being the next athlete, she played basketball and softball in college. Um, you know, she gets it, keeps me in check. You know, when I when I'm feeling down, I want to feel sorry for myself. You know, she kind of kicks me in the butt and gets me uh gets me locked back in but she definitely gets the lifestyle man like you said it's, it's just so important for us it's it's a different lifestyle than a lot of people live and everything like that and you know having somebody who understands that and supports you uh, it's pretty awesome good deal does this year mac feel more normal than a year ago even though we're not quote-unquote normal quite yet uh, yeah, I, I think so, man. I'm just excited to play more games. You know, I, I feel like 60 games last year, that, that season just kind of flew by. You didn't even really get to, you know, kind of enjoy it or, or you know, grow into it. So I'm excited to get out there and play uh, play 162 this year. One of the things, um, you know, Huey and I and Spilly and I have talked about upstairs a little bit is that even when there's like the other day there was 15,000 people and maybe it's because last year you all played in front of zero that 15,000 seems like 30,000. Does it feel that way to you guys as players? Oh, 100%, man. Just having anybody out there compared to last year, it feels so great just to have people in the stands. And, I mean, you get a cheer and stuff like that. Like it's, You just realize compared to last year how how weird it was not having fans there. So I know, I know myself personally, and I know a lot of my teammates are really enjoying it, having people back. So much was made, and, and I, I was, I don't want to say one of those people that was making a big deal, but I, when people invariably ask me, hey, you know, 
you know, who, who's a breakout guy? Who's who's going to do what? And, you know, we're in the business sometimes of predicting and, and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I thought your last full season, you had a terrific year. You know, as a young player, you hit 24 homers and driving 80-plus runs while you're moving around the, the dirt a little bit in the infield. Um, and, and I felt like you shortened up your swing when, when we were watching you last March, a year ago, March, before COVID hit. And, you know, during the 60-game sprint, as you were just talking about, that's what it was. And you, you saw moments, but I really felt like you were poised to, to really break out. And I think we're seeing that this year, all that hard work that you put in, Take us through the the swing change that that you made from a you know I'm not getting overly technical but but take people through it who've witnessed what you're what you've done. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, like you said, shortening up has been the biggest thing. You know, just kind of creating that feel where you can catch the ball a little bit deeper and not having to catch everything so far out in front. I mean, in this game of baseball, man, these guys throw so hard and have such great stuff. You got to be able to see it as long as you possibly can, you know, so that you can make the right decision. So. Shortening up has been a big thing. And like you said, man, I felt like I had done a good job of that, uh, you know, in 2020 spring training and then created some bad habits coming coming out of quarantine and everything like that when we got the season going. So I'm you know, just, just happy to be back and have a, have a good feel for, uh, you know, nice short strokes. I can see the ball a little longer. It also seems like with seeing the ball longer, you're able to – to slow down and spit on pitches in the baseball vernacular that maybe you would have fired at in years past. Um, does it does it feel that way when you're in the box right now at seven o'clock? Yeah, I mean, definitely still going to swing at some nasty pitches, man. There's there's some really good pitchers out there, but you know, I think it's all about the overall you know aspects of it all. You know, how many times can you spin on that and you know get yourself a better pitch to hit? And I mean, you're only as good as the pitches you swing at. That's that's the truth. That's a the Charlie Blackman line for you right there, by the way. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's the truth. If you swing at good pitches, you're probably going to hit the ball well. If you swing at bad pitches, you're probably going to get out. Speaking of Charlie, um, we had him on, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. And, and Chuck, as you know, is always interesting. Um, <laughs> but in, in talking hitting with him, it, it's funny because it, it, he simplifies it in certain areas and that you still – you can't come off the fastball – and at your guys' level, you may get one decent pitch and at bat to fire at, and, and you got you got to try to get the barrel on that one. Has he been real influential in your career? Definitely, man. I mean, Chuck, Chuck's extremely intelligent. I mean, he can think about a lot of different things, and he understands like you know how his body moves a lot, so he can he can give a lot of information. Um, but it's all it's all very helpful stuff. You just got to pick and choose kind of you know what works for you, but. He, man, I, I'll tell you what, he's he's been great to me. We're locker mates. We have the locker right next to each other. Usually if I've never seen a guy before, that's the guy that I go to because I know I'm going to get the full scout report and then I can kind of take, you know, what I need from that. So he's been he's been great, man. He's, he's really helped me out. Does, does he make you laugh? Oh, yeah, that guy cracks me up. Him, you should hear him and CJ Crow. They they play chess together, and they, like, sit there and make comments back and forth to each other. They're, they're hilarious. hilarious. See, that's one of the bummers we were talking about before we kind of pushed press the play record that, uh, you know, not, not being able to see you guys on a regular basis. So so Chuck found a chess mate in, uh, in CJ, huh? Yeah, he works CJ pretty good. I don't think CJ's – CJ might have one win out of probably, like, 15 to 20 games. <laughs> Chuck's pretty good. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck is a Chuck's an interesting guy, as we all know, and a very, a very sharp cat. Who, 
Who else has been a big influence if you go back to when you first broke in in your career? Oh, man. I mean, honestly, the easy ones, you know, Trevor, Nolan, Chuck, uh, Daniel Murphy helped me out a bunch. Uh, you know, I think Nolan's story, more just kind of seeing them, you know, how they how they work and how they prepare and everything like that, I think helped me become a better defender, you know, just kind of being out there with those guys. So, And then Daniel Murphy, man, he was, he was a huge impact on me. He, you know, kind of helped me learn to slow it down and not get set up and caught up in, in all the extracurricular stuff in this game. So, you know, just get back to playing baseball. So I've, I've been lucky, man. I've had some really good guys, you know, kind of, kind of help me learn, learn how to live this lifestyle and, and play this game, you know, at the highest level. You know, Mac, you, you mentioned Murphy, and, and I know he didn't have the, the couple of years here that he had hoped to, and, and obviously he's retired. I don't think a lot of fans realize behind the scenes, because I've heard it from you, I've heard it from Garrett Hampson, uh, I've heard it from other young players um, still you know, getting their careers going, if you will, that he was really helpful, very influential, and really took a lot of time with some of the lesser service time guys. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, he still texts a lot of us. I, I mean, I probably talk to Murph once a week, and other guys I talk to, are like, yeah, I, I talk to Murph all the time. So he does a good job, man. He's, he's just a great human being, like deep down in his core. So he was great, great for all of us. And I think, uh, especially last year, you know, we didn't have, we weren't able to have our families on the road or anything like that, and all these rules or anything like that. So you know, he was kind of a guy that we all leaned on, and and you know, went to for advice and just kind of how to get through, through it all. I know another guy that that was influential in in your uh, early in your career because we talked about it before. But uh, I don't care whether he's a, a teammate, he's whether it was a clubby, whether it was a broadcaster like myself. He just always makes you smile, and that was Cargo. Oh yeah, man, Cargo Cargo is great. He that guy, is, man, he was he's such a fun loving guy. He loved to play baseball and be at the field, and and he's great. Him and him and GP were were some some of my favorite teammates of all time back in the day. Is that a hey Mac? Is that underrated um, when you have a, a really good club as you guys did in seventeen and eighteen, and you win? Um, I mean, you got—it's a marathon, man. You all played one hundred and sixty-two games in the hope of getting to October. Um, can that be overstated when you have, you know, glue guys like a Gerardo, like a Cargo? Even though for Cargo it was later in his career, and Gerardo was a, you know, not a full-time starter. Yeah, man. I mean, those guys having those guys. I feel like I took it for granted, you know, when I first came up because I'm a young guy, I'm not, you know, in 17 especially, like I was just kind of there, you know. But seeing how those guys were and how they kind of kept everybody, you know, connected and together, it's just it was an important important guys to have on your squad. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. I, I want to take you back. It's not that far. It's April 7th. And uh, and and you have a game that I'm sure you'll never forget against Arizona. You hit three jacks, first three at bats, three solo home runs. Uh, when you hit the third, as you're running around the bases, what's going through the uh, the dome? Well, when I hit my third one, we were down by two, and I mean, you know, that early in the season, or anything like that, I was, we were just focused on winning. I was excited to help the team, and you know, I was hoping that we came back on them and uh, and took the lead. That was a grinder of the game too. That was cold, man. It went extras. It was a it was a grinder. That's for sure. Was it at all nerve wracking going up to it? You know, you had three more opportunities to really reach immortality. There's only been you know I think like 23 guys or something that have hit four homers in a game. Um, that had to be going through your mind, no? 
Oh, it definitely was. I, th- I think when we were tied and stuff like that, I mean, it's hard not to think about it, man. You know, I was having a good game. I was feeling good at the plate, um, you know, and, I mean, I'd be lying if I told you it didn't go through my head. But I do think I did a, a decent job of kind of, you know, slowing it down and not trying to hit home runs. Probably should have tried to on a couple. Uh, I hit that ground ball shortstop, and it was a pretty good pitch to try, try to take a shot on that. I might have I might have stepped back and you know tried to not do too much a little a little bit too much so who knows though man it was it was fun and you know I, I just wish we had gotten the win. Yeah, you caught a barrel also later in the game when you doubled. Uh, I think uh, it may have been your last at bat, but um, when you have a day like that, first of all, was that your greatest day? Certainly in the big leagues, was that your greatest day ever playing baseball? I mean, or did you have a little league game where you hit four homers or high school game where you did something crazy? Man, I, honestly, I don't know. That probably was. Um, three homers is, is hard to do, and I, I don't think I had ever done it before. So that'll, uh, that'll be a fond memory for me for sure. Do you remember your best high school game? Don't be bashful. Um, I'm trying to think. I had a couple four-hit games in high school, but um, – Definitely nothing, nothing like that. Not as much damage. It was more of a slap hitter back in the day. Slap. When, seriously, when did you develop pop? Man, honestly, not not until I got to football did, uh, did I really start realizing. You know, I had, I had a little bit of juice and you know to hit the ball over the fence. Um, you know, I think it's something I'm still learning to do more consistently. But you know, you gotta have you, you kind of have to learn how to play with the ball. You know, in the front of the contact window. Uh, you know, growing up, I was always taught. Hit the ball the other way, hit the ball the other way, see it deep, and I I did that really well. But you know that uh, that doesn't that doesn't produce a lot of homers uh, in the ball in the back of the window. So you know, learning to play with out in front and everything like that is just kind of led to some more home runs. The party's out front, right? Yeah, yeah, always. Drew Goodman has more with Rockies infielder Ryan McMahon after this quick message. Boyer's Coffee continues to be the legendary Rocky Mountain Roaster. Coffee is roasted daily and delivered fresh weekly to your local grocery store, or you can do as I do. Order online at boyerscoffee.com and have it sent right to your front door. That's uh, the easiest way to do it, and they have all kinds of uh, great product. By the way, they have a Mother's Day sale coming up on May the 8th with 15% off bags of uh, coffee and later on in the month they'll have a Memorial Day sale as well. So uh, make sure you're getting your Boyer's coffee as I do. I get it at the ballpark every day after I drink it at home in the morning at their Boyer's Cafe, which is on the club level. And speaking of the club level, courtesy of Boyer's, you can uh, get yourself an opportunity to win club level tickets. We just gave away some to the Phillies game on April 25th, and the next game is May 22nd. Club level tickets, a couple of them for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the way you do it is go to the contact page on my website, Drew Goodman, the Drew Goodman Podcast.com. That's the Drew Goodman Podcast.com. Go to the contact page, write a review, and you will be in the running for uh, tickets to club-level seats coming up later on in May. 
tell you every week about my friends at Ideal Home Loans. They are outstanding at what they do, and that is saving you money. And who does not want to do that? 303-867-7000 is their number. They've been doing a marvelous job for over 20 years. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. My friend Brent Ivinson, I've known him for a number of years. Good man, and he runs a, a terrific business. They're doing so well here. They've opened up offices down in Arizona as well. Give them a call. They'll help save money. It's a good time to refinance, as you know. 303-867-7000. Ideal Home Loans. 303-867-7000. Now back to Drew's conversation with Rockies infielder, Ryan McMahon. How, how closely, man, did you follow SC during the, uh, during the tournament? Dude, that was crazy. The whole Pac-12, man. We showed up. We showed up. Usually I have to be like, oh, man, the Pac-12, yeah, we're not that great at, at basketball and all my SEC friends and everything like that. But this year I was, I was hyping them up, telling them we were the best conference out there. How close were you? You were second-round pick of the Rockies, and you had committed to Southern Cal. Was it a, was it a tough decision, or was it kind of, hey, you know, once the money was right, I was signing? Um, honestly, man, I don't think it was ever really about the money. I was just really excited. Um, you know, for me, the kid, I mean, USC was awesome. It would have been great to go there, but, I mean, my, my dream was pro ball, you know. And once I convinced my parents that I was mature enough, whether I was or wasn't, it's still probably to be determined, but I convinced them that I was. And, you know, once they said, all right, well, if it makes sense, we'll let you go, I was, I was just really excited when I got picked where I did because, you know, I, I knew that my parents would, uh, would let me go in the pro ball, so. Was that was that a, was that a heated discussion at all with with mom and dad? You know, so the first time we had like uh, you know like area scouts coming to your house and everything like that. Sure. The first time we had one of those guys come in there, my mom dropped on him. I don't know where we hadn't talked about this, but she told him that if I wasn't the first overall pick, that I was going to college. My mom was uh, she was big on school, and uh, she took uh, she took a little convincing. I, I I would think, and you and you know what. All coaches know this. All scouts know this. Dad's wonderful, but you got to convince mom if you if you want, oh, yeah. right? She's the half She's in charge. Yeah. Does she does she ever say even though you know you've established yourself as a heck of a player and you're going to have a long career and everything? Does she ever say, "Listen, I still want you to go back and get your degree. I don't care how much money you make." Always. That was the agreement. Um, if I wanted to sign out high school, I had to go back and get it. So. I'm sure I will. You know, I, that's something I'd like to do one day. Um, yeah, but right now I'm going to enjoy this baseball ride, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I know it's been a tough start, um, clearly. And, you know, the it's interesting because how quick, quickly this game can change. A couple of years ago, there were some people who predicted, you know, the Rockies are going to be in the World Series, uh, you know, especially coming off of 2018. And now the projections, you know, we're not real flattering. How are you handling it? How's the clubhouse handling it, if, you know, a couple, three weeks into the season? Yeah, you know, like you said, it, it's been tough. Um, you know, we're obviously not where we want to be right now. Um, but one thing, you know, I mean, if you go back and look at most of the games, we've, we've been in the game. You know, it's, it's not like we were getting blown out or things like that. And, you know, like you said, this game can turn so quickly. And I feel like that's all you can really ask right now until, until things turn around. You know, stay in the game, give yourself a chance. Um, you know, hopefully we get some balls to bounce our way and, and some breaks our way and start a nice little winning streak. Uh, you know, this isn't like last year, obviously, where it's only 60 games. We have 162, and sure, you'd love to start better, but, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of baseball left to be played. 
Is there a guy, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, GP Gerardo Parra and about cargo back a few years ago. Is there a guy or a couple of guys that can kind of lighten the mood a little bit when, when things are tight? Yeah. Uh, CJ Cohn's been that guy for us, you know, to remind us how much baseball's left. And, I mean, there's a lot of young guys on this team, right? So a lot of, a lot of young guys want to play well, you know, establish ourselves, stuff like that. Um, and that's why, you know, having CJ, Chuck, so guys to lean on like that, it's, it's, it's imperative. It's important. So, uh, but CJ is definitely our, our, our keep it light guy. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty witty. He's pretty funny. That's interesting. You know, again, that's fascinating for, for guys like me because going back again to what we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, with the whole, with the COVID protocols, you know, don't know CJ. I've talked to him, uh, you know, on a, on a, on a Zoom call. That's about it. But, uh, it's interesting, interesting to hear that. He probably seems a lot different, uh, on the Zoom calls than he does in the clubhouse. That's for sure. I would guess. Hey, hey, listen, dude. If I never am on a Zoom call again when this whole thing passes, I will be like the rest of the world, happy as crap. Uh, I'm, I'm done with those. Hey, what do you got, uh, Ryan, on, on, on some of the emotion now that's coming out in the game? I'll, I'll tell you up front. I, I kind of like it. You know, we, we're seeing a little more dramatic backflips and. You know, even that, that great play, even though it was against you guys that Stroman made the other day, the the fact that guys are letting personality come out um, always went kind of against the baseball establishment for years. But I, I kind of find it refreshing. What about someone like yourself? Yeah, um, you know, I'm not a big, like, you know, bat flip or anything like that. I do love the emotion. Um, you know, I'm a fan of, like, guys making a big play and getting excited with their teammates and you know, stuff like that. Where I don't like it is when you start showing up the other team or disrespecting other people like that. So, you know, I, I think as long as it's, if you're excited for, you know, yourself, your team, and your emotions are going the right way, and you're not, you know, staring down other other guys on the field and, and stuff like that, I think I think it's it's a great thing for this game. You know, I think it's exciting. I think it's what the fans like to see, um, you know, and, and that's that's my take on it, honestly. That's, that's how I feel about it. Who are guys you like to watch? Players? Oh man, yeah. I, I'm a big baseball fan, man. I just I like watching baseball in general. Um, you know, on my off days and everything like that, I like to watch the games. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm a big Mookie Betts fan. Um, I know he's a Dodger, and I know we play him a lot. We're not supposed to like the Dodgers, but just, I mean, just the way he plays the game and everything like that, you know, it's it's extremely professional, and it's uh, he's a guy that I really enjoy watching. Have you gotten to Have you gotten to meet him a little bit? Uh, a little bit. Um, you know, not, not too much. I haven't like, you know, had a conversation with, with him or anything. You know, I've said what's up to him on the bases and stuff like that, but, uh, but that's about it. Hopefully, hopefully I get the courage to talk to him one day. Yeah. He's, um, obviously he's, a, he's a great one and, you know, he kind of plays, I, I, I'm with you. He's, he's a, he's a pro's pro. He plays the game right, but, but he has a smile on his face, you know, while he's doing yeah. it. He respects the game, but, um, he, he obviously is a, a, a tremendous talent. And the thing I like about him, and you'll appreciate this knowing that I'm not the biggest guy in the world, is that, I mean, he can dominate a game and, and he's probably the smallest guy on, on the field most days. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but he's got heart. And like you said, he plays the game hard. And, you know, it, it's easy. A guy like that could easily just kind of mail it in. It's like, oh, hey, I'm just here to collect the check and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, he goes out there, man, and he plays hard every day, which is pretty awesome to see. Yeah. Hey, moving around the diamond, and you've done it so well defensively. Um, you know, I, I've said many times over the last few years that 
um, from an athletic standpoint, you know, I like to brag on your football career and, and all that. Um, but I, I think, honestly, Mac, I think it comes out when you have to move from third to second. And I know you haven't been at first yet this year, but, you know, you're comfortable over there. Has it gotten to the point where it's kind of neat to look in the lineup and see where Buddy has you on that given day? Yeah, you know, it's definitely something, something I check. And, you know, I, I appreciate the love you give me on, on all that stuff, man. It's something that I've, I've worked pretty hard at. So it feels good when people, uh, you know, commend me on on my defense. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. I, I really enjoy it. I like both positions. I love second and thirds. Um, if I don't play first ever again, I'll be okay with that. But uh, <laughs> I also won't mind fighting over there. Um, but, you know, playing second and third, it's just, man, it's so much fun. I, I love it. Well, listen, man, um, you're off to a fabulous start and uh, individually, and, and I know the wins will come. Uh, I'm glad you got a day off to rest a little bit. Best of luck the rest of the way. Stay healthy, and we'll, we'll talk soon, man. Wait, hey, every once in a while, you can look up and wave at uh, me, Hugh, and Spilly. Yeah, I see you guys up there. I see I see a lot more of Spilly. You should come down and uh, sit in his spot one game. Shout out to yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe we'll do that one day. It, it, listen, it, do you need to? If you need to shut Spilly up, just you know how? To, just go ahead and say it in the middle of the game. He's good with that. Yeah, I know. I know. We have that nice little glass uh, protector between us. I'll just pretend like I can't hear him uh, through it. Well, he's like a zoo animal, so the glass, even after COVID, should be up around him. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Right. Hey, Matt. Good luck today, man. Stay well. Thanks, dude. Yeah, McMahon's off to a really good start, and we've seen him hit the ball out of the ballpark, and we've also seen him go the other way. He did that uh, with authority against the uh, Astros. In fact, uh, in that many two-game set, he had three sharp hits, and they all were to left or left center field. So he's using the whole ballpark. His strikeouts are way down, and I think he has a chance to have uh, a marvelous year and uh, really be in the middle of that uh, Rockies new offense so we'll see how it plays out good man really uh happy for his success so far this year and uh love to have him on periodically because he's fun to be around he's fun to visit with and uh hope you enjoyed all of that that's going to do it for this edition of the drew goodman podcast uh tell all your friends what we do uh, have them download have them visit with us uh, go see the website the drew goodman podcast.com and a reminder to go and download also the dnvr podcast uh those guys do a great job. I'm with them uh, usually once a week. That's Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. They have fun. And if you're a Rockies fan, if you're a baseball fan, you need to uh, make that part of your uh, podcast diet, if you will. DNBR with, uh, with Patrick and Drew. It's a great listen. It's very informative. So uh, make sure, again, you make that part of, uh, of your downloads each week in uh, the podcast world. Y'all take care, stay safe, stay well, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week right here on the Drew Goodman Podcast. You've been listening to the Drew Goodman Podcast. Subscribe at iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. And leave a comment that helps other people find the show.